Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. One-on-one on Thursday. Thank you guys for hanging out. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the people that make this thing go, the folks from Beatrice Bakery. Uh, Tiny Pig, if you can put your contact information in, I'm going to have you stop by the station. Let me know when you can do it. And we will do that thing that you asked for us to do uh, for your wife. So um, reach out to Rico, uh, put that information on the text line, and we will honor uh, your wishes to make her day. We can do that courtesy of Beatrice Bakery. All the goods. I've been in apple streusel mode lately. Um, and it's funny. Vashawn is being introduced to it. I think he ate a, an entire uh, vanilla rum cake in in the matter of the three hours that he was here doing the show. So there's that. Rico, if you could get Barry's music locked and loaded to get us in the mood. I am accepting more nominations for the care package, today's care package. So if you would, go to the theticketfm.com. The Beatrice Bakery banner is there. Just click on the banner, put in the person's name that you want to honor, celebrate, uh, acknowledge, whatever way that is. Somebody that's had a good week, a uh, bad week, we just want to put a smile on their face. And if there's somebody that comes to mind, if I asked you, who is it that you want to see smile today and tell me why? And we will make that happen courtesy of the folks at Beatrice Bakery. So uh, hit me up. You can either put that you can put that in the starter him and text line as well. Uh, Tiny Pig did that earlier with the first care package of the day. That's where that's going. But I will do at least one more. So if you can do that, Tiny Pig, if you're listening, I'd rather you come by the station today and pick it up. But we can work on that as well. So reach out and let us know. If you would, Rico, hit that man's music. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, 
pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. I love that. Let's bring him in, QB coach, Fairfax Football Academy, Barry Thompson. BT, what's happening, man? Hey, I'm sorry about the setup, but uh, I, I was a little late on getting the StreamYard thing, but I'm set up for next week Excellent. to be online. Well, yeah, because uh, I think – Everything's going great. Just got off the field. Okay. Uh, so, like I said, I got some college guys in, and we're doing some NFL draft prep, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I was talking to Jay about it, and I said, yeah, we, we had – you know, Barry, look at at some of these new commits and what they bring to the table, and and he will let us know whether we are, we are rightful in drinking the uh, Husker Kool Aid on this on this commitment class. Uh, recruiting is is different now that you know sometimes the high school kids don't get the full look, but uh, when you have these these transfer commits, you have some level of of understanding for what they can do on the field at a, at a higher level. So. Uh, some of that uh, is simple, Barry. We'll start with this because you're a quarterbacks guy. When when I when when the announcement that Nebraska gets the commitment from Casey Thompson, one we immediately understand the legacy that his dad is Charles Thompson of Oklahoma. We understand the pedigree. We understand that. But then we can flash pretty quickly to to the Oklahoma Texas game to have some idea about what the Huskers are working with. From a quarterback coach coach standpoint, what are we getting in Casey Thompson? Well, I, I think they're getting everything they want, you know, on paper. Um, the the, you know, at this level, the, the guys can throw and play and do all that stuff. But here's what really got me uh, when you dig into the story a little bit. Uh, you read his interview or listen to the interview, and you realize that the amount, the volume of due diligence that this guy put into making his decision. You know, he went and watched pit tape. He he understood how many times they threw the ball. He uh, you know did a little research on Coach Whipple. Um, he looked at the players that were there, the receivers that were there. He looked at the linemen. You know, he he really really uh, went in depth. And and then they they kind of like throw in there at the end that his dad you know kind of taught him the option game from the time he was a little kid. So you're getting on paper everything that you want. The other thing that I like about him a lot is he's in the master's program. Mm -hmm. So he's not, you know, this is a mature leader that stepped on the campus with two years to play. So now it's just, you know, when the rubber hits the road, does everything kind of mess together? But in terms of picking well and choosing well, I think they did a good job. They they didn't stop there because there's another talent available. Uh, Tubba Purdy and the Florida State pedigree, again, makes a statement that, listen, mm-hmm. this is the pool we're playing in. This, this right. is, these are the stakes that we're playing in. How is he different than from Casey Thompson? Well, he's different in two respects. One, Rip Whipple recruited him in college. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that, that, that says a lot there that he, he got he, he finally got a guy that he liked and then I get a chance to work him. The other thing that's big about Chubba is he has four years left. Mm-hmm. So while there's going to be competition in that room, it's a room that ultimately is going to fit together. You know, it, it won't – this is not a room uh, that immediately, you know, after the season, you're going to see three guys hit the portal. Right. Right, so that's another 
kind of uh, calculation these guys have to do, right? So that pick of getting Chubba, Whipple's relationship with him, and the fact that he has four years remaining, that fits perfectly into a number of different slots. If Logan kind of ascends a little bit or Torres, you know, ascends a little bit, Heinrich ascends a little bit, right, then, then this, this project that you're bringing along with Chubba doesn't get disrupted. Now he's looking for another school. So on paper, this looks really intelligent. I'll, I'll ask you the question I asked Jay Foreman. How does Whipple handle implementing a new system with technically five or six new quarterbacks to that system? How does that work? Because each one's going to want time, one-on-one time. There's the group time and the collective time. But each one's going to want that one-on-one time. Each one's going to need that one-on-one time to get acclimated and get it moving. How does that work? Well, I'd be surprised if Charles doesn't already have the – I mean, if Casey doesn't already have the book digested already. Okay. You feel me? Yeah. And, and, and that, that alone, when they go to that first meeting, whenever that is, and Casey's spouting off stuff and the other guys haven't gotten used to it, that's going to make Whipple's job a lot easier. Okay. Right? Because everybody in the room is going to get, okay, this is how this flows. Um, the other thing, and I mentioned this about Coach Whipple, you know, having worked at different levels with different talent abilities, he, like I said, he either has a way, a very simple way of teaching concepts, or he's really good at eliminating people who can't help him. <laughs> so, Fair. Uh, right? And, and then he, in whatever concepts he's working from, they're flexible enough that he doesn't get away from his principles, but he can still go do something. So as you get into this and you see the quarterback that they've chosen, and I know we're going to talk about the running backs and some other guys, you can begin to see on paper, okay, now I know how this kind of fits together. It, it looks to me like you got guys who share some traits, but their differences are extreme. How does that play, right? Because now Whipple's going to have – he's got the Smothers athleticism, uh, the cerebral, the competitiveness. You've got Harburg in the big arm, uh, big, tall, athletic guy. We'll figure out how he processes. you got Casey Thompson and the work that he's already put in and the work he w- would put in. Uh, Chubber, and then you've got a, a freshman coming in who who checks all the boxes. Right. So I, I think that, that speaks to Coach Whipple's background. UMass, right? Uh, I'm not going to name all the stops, but UMass, Pitt, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You just, in a sense, describe Ben Roethlisberger, Kenny Pickett, and uh, no disrespect with whoever the quarterback was at UMass. Right. And that was my point about him as a coordinator and this consistent track record of putting up points regardless of the type of quarterback that he had or the style of offense that they ultimately ran. This guy has a way of getting these things down and and or choosing the right guy to run the stuff. Barry, he, he does a thing that you and I talk about all the time was that his system is designed with the with the, with the pure and simple focus of putting points on the board. There you go. That is the objective. <laughs> well, but how how is that so constantly missed by people in positions of power? And just to bring it home to people, here's something. I think maybe it's out in the ether now, but it wasn't when he made the move. When Tom Brady went from the Patriots to the Buccaneers, it was the first time in his 30 years of playing football that he was playing for an offensive head coach. Mm-hmm. And so people were kind of amazed with his skill set that the Bucks are scoring points. It, it, there's just a difference. I mean, 
the mind, it doesn't mean, by the way, that you can't be a defensive coach that wants to put points up. It doesn't mean that. But from the offensive side, that is the objective, is to score the ball. You know, I, I, you, we talk about old school stories. I once, we had an offense that was pretty explosive. It was about 45 points a game. And the head coach, a very good head coach, a defensive excellent, one of the best head coaches I've worked for. But one time, he, he literally came on the sideline, just a little sideline chatter, and everybody's emotional. But he goes, you're scoring too fast. <laughs> but he, he meant you know he meant it from his defense to the rest he wanted to possess the ball and all that kind of stuff but but he literally in a burst of emotions is just going too fast and yeah so these mindsets can get into things uh it didn't hurt the team team was great coach is great but yeah they're, they're, you know there's a different mindset with certain people uh, <laughs> as how they want to approach the game we've been in too many rooms where the head coach was a defensive yeah. guy but, but I, I gotta qualify <laughs> That head coach, one of the best head coaches I've ever worked with. Right, just, right. I'm just with a real antidote. Right. We have the other side of that, too. <laughs> yeah. That, he, he was a good coach. Yeah. Which is a funny moment. I, I'm in this place now where, okay, so they go and get Trey Parker, and then you go and get the, the number one running back in Juco. Mm-hmm. How how long and, and, and high is the bridge between being a the top Juco runner and being – uh, a stud runner in the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten Conference? Um, I don't know. And, you know, to be honest, really nobody knows. But it would take you a field. You know, the Dodgers way back in the day used to have a bunch of pitchers, and they constantly cranked out these pitchers that were really, really good. And they, I think they asked Branch Rickey or whatever. They said, you know, how do you consistently get good pitchers all the time? He goes, well, we at the minor leagues, we get as many pitchers as we can get and then we watch and turn out who's good. Yeah. And so when you look at the two running backs, the, uh, uh, the I'll get the names, DeAndre Jackson and Anthony, uh, Grant. Anthony Grant, right? You, you look at them, and they are very, very similar runners. Now, I've done this before, and I've been wrong. You've accumulated tight ends, and I'm watching two running backs who run well behind fullback, who line up in that eye position, and you've got a quarterback who's going to throw it but can run the option. So don't get too tangling, Nebraska, but I, I know what I'm seeing on tape. And uh, so those are two guys that are very similar. So which one's going to be the big tenor? I don't know. But those two are going to figure it out. Uh, right. But very noticeable when you look at the tape that they both run fullback gap scheme. Runners are both north-south people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see them on film uh, catching flats out of the backfield screen game. Right? You can kind of smell what's coming. Uh, the only thing I don't see on the tape on these guys is pass blocking. Uh, but on the New Mexico kid, the Grant kid, mm-hmm. here's what I really like about it. He's a football player, DP. Mm-hmm. Middle linebacker. I mean, he Middle linebacker. Outside linebacker. He's yeah. on special teams. And that's a kid, you, you, okay, maybe he's not the next, you know, uh, Mike Rozier. But he's a guy that's a football player who, unlike Kirk Herstreet, he loves football. Right. And you can see that this is a guy that, hey, we need you to go play outside linebacker. And he's going, okay, coach, where do you want me to line up? Hey, we need you to go return a punt. Yeah, coach, we're, we're, how, de- how deep do you want me? Right? Yeah. That's what I see on tape with the grandkid. Not taking any away from, uh, from Mr. Jackson. I'm just telling you what I see on the tape with uh, Grant. We're fascinated here in Lincoln with the coldest to ever do it Crawford. <laughs> All you need to know about the coldest 
is that Nikki Joseph is recruiting them. Yeah. When I saw that on the 247, I was done. I mean, I did look at some tape, but come on. <laughs> you got the name, and, and Nikki Joseph is recruiting them. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. Technically, you see some route running skills out of him. You see he didn't have to use it very much, right? But you see a little – he has an understanding of a few releases. Um, you know, he tends to do things with the ball after he catches it. He will go up and get it. Uh, again, a football player, you see him, right, on defense too. Mm-hmm. So is he the next Big Ten three-time? I don't know. But you've got a football player and, you know, a guy that wants to be on the field and you can move him around. So – Good stuff. Talking to Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. Barry, the, the the dynamic of Scott Frost, who likes to call offensive plays, uh, Whipple, and him actually being the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And mm-hmm. then there's Mickey mm-hmm. Joseph, who's an associate head coach. <laughs> yes. And the passing game coordinator. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it's kind of the, like <laughs> you and I have been those two two bulls in the offensive <laughs> room, right? And we understand that you have to have a special kind of relationship in order they, to they make can. that work. How how right. can Nebraska make this thing? Does Scott have to get out of the way? Do you think he can get out of the way? Um, and then how important is it for Mickey and, and Whipple to be on the same page? I've always told you, I, I know I've said it on this station uh, multiple times, forget the titles. The authority to coach is everything. So if you're bringing these guys in and you've got to give them the authority to coach, and whatever that means between those three, it's got to be clear and it's got to be consistent, right? Um, that said, they are going to have some really – private meetings at times. Right, right. <laughs> but you can have those private meetings, and they're good, right, because you kind of all understand each other and you, you do it. And you can also have those private meetings where everybody's kind of going their separate corners. So it, this the fact that they'll have the private meetings isn't a big thing. But but the who, if you bring him with a win from the jump, he, he, he ideally he says, hey, I'm bringing in, you know, whatever this is. It was told from the jump, and it stays consistent. And then Whipple, excuse me, was okay with it. Same thing when you bring in Coach Joseph. Hey, I'm you're the associate head coach, passing game coordinator, even though I have the OC, and I like to call the plays. Whatever that is, each of those guys, Joseph and Whipple, need the authority to coach. Forget the title. Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, to me, that, that dance will determine the, the fate of this team. Like their ability to yes. engage and, and get on the same page, or uh, or their inability to inability to do so, will kind of drag this team. Um, we were talking earlier, Jay and I were talking about quarterbacks. It, this is the time where quarterback development is vital. No matter what level yeah. of football you're in, this is the space where development, improvement, all those things need to happen. And then for a select group of folks, they are now going to to prepare themselves for the greatest opportunity in the greatest league at the highest level. You're working mm-hmm. with a quarterback that is preparing for for, – for, for, it's NFL prep. It's NFL grad school. Yeah, yeah. And they've right. got to learn it in, on the go. Right. What is that process like? What's it like for a kid – um, to, to, to jump from low-level college right. to preparing to be graded out and evaluated by the NFL. Right. Well, we're going to find out. 
right. Uh, it looks like we're going to be working with GHG Sports. Uh, you know, there's a, a process of contacting the agent. Um, they're a small agency, you know, looking for guys, you know, at this level looking for a chance. So we hooked up there. That's important. Then the next thing, the next important things are the training regimen, right? The, um, you know, what is going to be best for that athlete. So the one that I'm working with, you know, he's not going to go in and, and knock out 225, you know, for 40 reps. That's not going to be his deal. His deal will be, you know, let's blow some combine numbers away, right? Mm-hmm. And so now we're looking to get him into uh, a, a combine, too. There's one in uh, Indy, I think, and then there's another one, A&C, down in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of scouts appear. So we're really prepping him on two roles now, prepping him on the, you know, the, the, the 40, right, working the, breaking it down, working on those things, counting steps, uh, working the 5-10-5, working on his explosiveness. He's, he's uh, vertical, I think, is, is over thir- around 38. Wow. Um, he's a 4-5-40 guy, 6-7-2-15, six, 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 really athletic, will pass, pass everybody's eyeball test. But his first job is to get ready for that. Now, while that's going on, we can't forget that we have to play football. So that's where I come in, right? We're spending an hour and a half to two hours a day on the field. Uh, It's not always throwing, you know, a thousand footballs. It's just being really, really technically sound on how our footwork, uh, clean, make sure mechanics are remarkably clean, and make sure that all that translates into – being able to put the ball exactly where it needs to go and on time. So we're in that phase of it, and then shortly there will be some workout clips that will come out. Uh, And then after the combine, uh, hopefully there's a QB coach out there that uh, sees them as a project or maybe USFL or or rookie uh, invite to rookie camp. So that's where that is on this level. Um, It's really for him, um, you know, convincing people that what you're seeing is what you see and it's it's worth taking a chance on so that's the other end of you know not having espn around am i an awful human being for comparing uh, mr myers to a baby kaepernick am i <laughs> yeah, it's funny that that comes up a lot yeah he physically kind of resembles him and that long athletic ability uh, the quickness, like I said, anybody out there listening, he passes the eyeball test. He just does. Like, and that's a crucial thing. Jay can tell you, you know, when you're looking at an athlete, that's the first thing. And so he passes that, and he does have skill. And um, so, yes, that's a comparison that's come up a couple couple of times. Yeah, I I felt bad for doing it. I went, so when I asked him about the no. kid, I'm like, no, he's, uh, he's Kaepernick. He's got the long gait. He's long-legged. Yeah. He's got the rifle yeah. arm, uh, mm-hmm. breaks down, plays pretty quickly, uh, gets into that space, moves moves comfortably in that space no matter what level he's at, first level, pocket, yep. second level. He, he's still comfortable in that space. Uh, and he competes, which. Yeah, and he's getting better. And, you know, you can go back and look at his Charleston film. He led uh, – he led his team to a spring uh, division championship, you know, COVID short and stuff, and they mm-hmm. went up in championship game. And this year came back to uh, see fall campaign. Uh, they had a close loss to uh, Frostburg. They beat Notre Dame and then won up losing to UNC Pembroke. No. Uh, but, you know, he finished with conference honors and things like that. And he's still, he's still getting better. He took about uh, 
three or four days off after graduation, and then we've been on the field and in the gym ever since. So he's guy loves it. Uh, guy's getting better, and uh, just need somebody to look at him and take a chance on him. Yeah, I kind of feel got a sneaky suspicion that that guy is going to. That guy will get paid to play quarterback uh, pretty soon. Uh, what do we eat, big man? What's up? Oh, you you follow me online, so you know I threw down some jambalaya the other day. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I think I've said this before, but it was just one of those days I had to throw down jambalaya. So I'll go. I'll go with. Uh, I think I talked about it, right? I talked about I was going to do jambalaya. You were yeah, going to do it, but you didn't I did t- talk about jambalaya. Walk us through. Well, let me tell you, jambalaya was jambalaya was really good. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, uh, this is something. This is something I didn't make. That's right. We talk about Wildcard Weekend. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this is something I didn't make, but it turned out like a gift to me, and it's really, really good. Uh, one of my quarterback dads, his wife is Filipino, and they saw my stuff on the uh, online. And so just as a gift, they, they brought in this box, and it's a disc called Pancet. It's P-A-N-C-I-T, Pancet. And Pancet, and it can be spelled with an S, too. Uh but in different regions of the Philippines, it's cooked differently. Now, I had something called Pancet Bihon. I don't know how to pronounce it, but B-I-H-O-N. And it's these, uh, I'm going to make you hungry, DP. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, this, it's these vermicelli noodles, uh, the real, real thin, almost clear-like. And then it has uh, among it, like shredded chicken. It can have shredded pork. Uh, a little bit of shredded cabbage, which sounds weird, but it gives a nice little texture. There's carrots in there. Sometimes there's snow peas in there. And uh, it's just this really heartwarming dish. I tell you what, this is bad to do, but it kind of reminds you, if you've had good, non-greasy fried rice, it's kind of that idea, except you have noodles, and it works together. It's not strange. And they brought me two boxes of it. I don't have any left. It's really good. The pan set. I didn't cook, but uh, the big thing is check out Filipino cuisine. Uh, they do know their way around the seasoning cabinet, and the food is really, really good. So I was lazy. I ate. I didn't cook. Hey, man, that's all right. Now we're all hungry. Appreciate you, brother. Love you, man. We'll talk next week. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Hey, Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. I'm going to send you – Pictures, a video of this kid. He's training, six six and a half, two fifteen, two twenty, mm-hmm. rocket arm, baby Kaepernick, getting him ready for the NFL combines. Yeah, where did he go to college? Ah, uh, he went. He's, he bounced around because he went to a JUCO, then a, a lower level. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send you the tape. Pretty good ball player. Like okay. and Barry's the the work that's been done, and people are starting to call about him. That's how you know mm-hmm. there's traction. Um, but yeah, just think Kaepernick. That's. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. We'll throw it to break. Uh, we will address Beatrice Bakery. you got a couple of nominations. I'll read one of them uh, coming up next. But you can, in fact, nominate somebody for a Beatrice Bakery care package. Again, it's just if, if I asked you to pause for a minute and think of somebody in your life, in your circle, that you want to see smile today because you said you cared and that you were thoughtful of them. Go to theticketfm.com and click the Beatrice Bakery banner and nominate them for a Beatrice Bakery care package. Variety of cakes we can put in there, uh, treats, snacks, samples, the whole thing. Or you can put it here on the Sardar Hammond text line, 
5685 if you would, and we will give those away next. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store. You're listening to One on One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 